I think number one, you know, don't give up. Continue to pray. Continue to encounter Jesus and invite him into your home, into your vehicle, into your spaces. Hello and welcome to You Matter, a Spring Hills podcast. I'm Josh Meyer. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Going Deeper episode. Our Going Deeper episodes give you the opportunity to go theologically deeper and uncover gems of scriptural truth to enhance your spiritual formation journey. As our church grows, we want you to feel loved and cared for, and a part of caring for someone is allowing our hearts to be seen so that you can feel intimately connected to us as we love, live, and lead like Jesus Christ. Today, we are going deeper on this past weekend's sermon titled, Things Must Change, with the scripture emphasis of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, inviting believers to learn what it truly means to become fishers of men. And today, I have Pastor Dan Pound on the show to help me go deeper. How's it going, Dan? Hey, Pastor Josh. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know what? It's uh, I always go to the weather when, the, when someone asks me how I'm doing, mm-hmm. and that's probably a positive and a negative. Um, in a way, I think that the weather does, should have an impact on you in some ways, um, but it shouldn't be a dominant impact on you. And sometimes when it rains and it gets a little dreary, that can be tough. But today's not one of those days for me. Today, good. I'm doing good. I really enjoyed being with the high school students last night. They awesome. were totally attentive and seemed like there was some fruit that was uh, reaped from some sermon preparation process. And Honestly, I'm I'm doing really good. good. How are you? I know you haven't been feeling so great lately. Uh, it's been a tough week. Yeah, I'm not 100% yet, but you know, blessed and really happy that we get to be able to film or I guess record the podcast. Uh, I was worried that we would miss it this week. So, so very excited to be here. Yeah. One of the things that I appreciate about you that is just one of your natural inherent pastoral offerings to our community is your positive attitude, regardless of the circumstances. Um, It's easy in this very comfort-driven culture to make it all about you and uh, find a a million reasons to not put that smile on or to have the right perspective. And you definitely did have a rough week of not feeling well, but man, you're always mindful of your blessings, of your wife, your children, and this church, and your commitment to this church. So I really appreciate your perspective, even when you're down. But podcast listeners know that he he wasn't feeling great this week, but he's toughing it out for us to be on the show. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no, happy to be here. Awesome. Well, Dan, we have some incredible questions that came in this week. So I'd like to kind of dive in and get after some of these questions because quite frankly, they were inspired by the message that came from God through you this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So let's go after a couple of them here. So the first question is about encountering Jesus. And the person wrote, I'm grateful to say that I have been profoundly changed through my encounter with Jesus, just like we see in the Bible when the disciples encountered Jesus and other people. I'm struggling to cultivate encountering Jesus in my family. They don't seem to want to listen to me, or maybe it's too late for me because my children have spent many years seeing me live a life selfish. What do you recommend for me as I desperately want to help my spouse and my children encounter Jesus? Mm. That's a great question. I, and that can be a really tough place to be, uh, for sure. I think number one, you know, don't give up. Continue to pray. Continue to encounter Jesus 
and invite him into your home, into your vehicle, into your spaces. And I think it, it's important to remember, you know, we can't, we can't change the hearts of other people, right? We can't choose what their hearts desire or what their hearts long for. And uh, probably in this kind of situation, as weird as it sounds, we don't want to, right? You, you could want them to choose what you have, of course, but we don't want to help them to force them to choose that in their heart. We want that journey to be genuine. They have to discover encountering Jesus. You can help lead them there, but if they're not going to follow you, don't try to force it. And I think it's important just to remember that as as we encounter Jesus, whether being led by someone or encountering Him, discovering Him somewhat on our own, it then can become genuine and it becomes very real for us. So, for sure, don't give up. Continue to pray and, you know, be be encountering Him in your home. And if they interrupt you, if they happen to find you, you know, during your quiet time, your prayer time, the more that those encounters happen, the more real it probably will become for them. I I can remember countless times, you know, I stumbled on my mom or my dad growing up uh, having their quiet time and in prayer. And then they were ready to engage with me and then go right back into their prayer time. And it really showed me how real their faith, their love was. So don't give up, continue to pray, but also be available. Yeah, I really like that. One of the things that I got as I was just reading this question right now is the general sense that whomever this person was, and this came through our anonymous link, that um, the person is remorseful of a life lived otherwise, not with Christ. And I think I would say to that person that I hope that you feel encouraged that the very fact that you're feeling conviction in your heart to want to bring Christ to your family. Yeah. And that you're cognizant of the fact that you did not live a life portraying that image mm-hmm. before with providing that encounter should be encouragement to you. Yeah. To know that even your desire to want to bring Jesus to anyone else or your family, let alone, is that's going to look different in your home, period. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I remember dealing with a a really good friend who was going through some marital struggles and he had lived um, quite a few decades of passivity in his marriage. Mm -hmm. And he had gotten to the point now where he kind of walked into a more full invitation with Jesus Christ. And he's realized I need to step away from that omission oriented sin, Mm -hmm. the sin of not doing anything when Mm -hmm. I was supposed to engage in my marriage. And now I'm engaging but my wife is either not seeing it or not believing it. Right. And the reality is, is that what I pressed in to that situation is, is that most of the work that God is doing when it comes to the encounter is God. Mm-hmm. You're just being still and being changed yeah, good. by the relationship that you have with Jesus now. Right. And so that's what I would encourage now is, is that your encounter sometimes is just being still and being present. And I loved how you shared that example of running and stumbling into your mom and your dad in their yeah. quiet time because they weren't mindful or thinking about how they had to let you see them right. be in their prayer time. They were just being who they were, mm-hmm. one who at one time encountered Christ themselves right. and changed by it. And I think that that would be the level of encouragement that I would provide. Just just be be still, be yeah. you. Right. You know? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we got a couple other questions here. One of the other questions here that came from your message was, this was about God's plans versus my plans. Mm. 
And I believe this came in probably around the midway point of your sermon. And the person says, I am a high school student and I am trying to prepare for so many decisions as I graduate high school. I've made so many mistakes in my life and I, and quite frankly, I just don't know if I'm ever making the right decisions and whether or not they are God's plans or my plans. How can I know I am making plans based on what God wants? when I have to make so many decisions and when I feel like I have made so many mistakes in my life? Mm, that's good. Such a good question. Um, you know, number one, it's okay to make mistakes, right? Especially as a, a young person, I would say don't beat yourself up over making mistakes. Uh, now, there's a real difference between making mistakes and, you know, making a few poor choices versus choosing to sin habitually. That's different, of course. Um, but everybody makes mistakes, and that's mm -hmm. totally redeemable and forgivable, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, number two, you're trying to understand what God wants for you, and you want to make the right decisions. And you probably have some big decisions to make, right? Career, college, those kinds of things. And the more that you know the Word of God, the more that you'll know the heart of God, right? You want to understand and speak mm. His language, be in the Word. And especially in the Gospels, and be studying, and, and be memorizing. And I think, I think that's a big part, probably, uh, at least in Western you know, culture and Christianity, I think we overlook sometimes how important it can be to just spend time in the Word and try to learn the language of God. Hmm. And, and then I would say on top of that, you know, we need to spend some time in conversational prayer. You know, this is a high school student. Um, could be that they attend Amplify. Maybe the three of us, you and I, and this person could get together and, and do some conversational prayer and ask God some questions, right? And expect some answers and and pray and listen. And, and I think that that could be a great experience if this person will be open to that. Mm -hmm. Maybe scheduling some time, we could pray together. Um, but conversational prayer is designed exactly for this. And hearing God's voice can be tricky when you don't really know what you're listening for or no one's helped you you know, kind of learn how to do that. I would love to pray, not with just this person, anyone that's willing to learn, of course, uh, wants to give it a shot. But I think when you have a lot of major questions and you're just feeling nervous, conversational prayer is a great way to go. Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, sometimes also the conversational prayer, um, when you have major questions faced in front of you, uh, can be overwhelmingly daunting and uh, maybe difficult to discern, specifically if you haven't been creating a regiment in your life of being yeah. immersed to scripture. But also, sometimes it helps just starting in the minors. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, do you love me? Well, we know what the answer to that yes. is. So let's spend time in that place right. and allow everything in that room mm -hmm. to convey that message of mm -hmm. truth. Yeah. The warmth in that womb, room. Right. Does the heater going? Does does it feel like the warmth of God's love? You know, because you have a spirit within you, mm -hmm. blessed and inherited through your faith given to you by Christ, mm -hmm. and allow Him to communicate to you through the simples, the absolute known truths. I have a document actually that I work through, and I think it's a big part of victory for most people in their conversational intimacy with Christ, but also also victory in their own struggles. And it came straight out of a, out of a book called Victory Over the Darkness mm. by Neil Anderson. It's an incredible book. And basically what he does is he goes and understands that identity and truth, much mm -hmm. about what you had spoken about in the new children's ministry movement that we're going through here at the church, is how scripture writes our identity for mm -hmm. us. And it is our 
it is our bumper bowling guard when we have a tendency to slip off the tracks and fall into the trap of believing something that is not true. Right. Yeah. And starting with the minors is huge. One of the things that I also thought of when you were talking about just spending more time in the word, this is what helps give you that opportunity Mm -hmm. to be present Mm -hmm. is um, my mom and dad always used to joke and say, well, you are what you eat. Mm, Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are a product of what we, our hearts desire. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reality is, is that um, you will inevitably tell the world what means most to you. Right. And it will come off of you and out of you through all the facets. And I think that's one of the things that you talked about in your message that I thought was so convicting. I I had this, what I would call the beautiful struggle with your message, um, because I struggle with the complacency of quote unquote Christians today. Mm -hmm. How about that? Um, I don't, it's an all-in situation. Mm-hmm. And your title of your sermon was totally driven by things must change. Mm-hmm. If you're going to call yourself Christian, it's all in. Yeah, It's no partial invitation. That's right. It's not a little bit of the world and a little bit of him. It's one or the other. And what does that look like? It's not these circumstantial, conditional, you're not signing up and getting a paycheck and you're literally interviewing different companies so that you can get the right job that works best for you and your timing. That's not how that works. Right. With Jesus. And I think that that was a big part about what you were signing up and what you were talking about in your message today. So between, you know, that combination of you want to hear God's voice, you want to be able to, to discern some of these struggles and these big decisions in your life. Well, you are what you eat. So are you going to choose your video games or are you going to choose checking out and watching TV? Are you going to choose XYZ? Yeah. Or are you going to choose being around someone who's going to hold you accountable because that person has made themselves committed to the word of God and Hopefully you are doing the same. And then eventually the byproduct is that you are attuned to the truth that comes out of the scripture that has a lot to do with giving you the advice and hearing God's voice. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's so good. All right. Well, as we go into our last two questions here, uh, this one is about making true sacrifice. So kind of a little bit of where we started to lean here. This person said, in the Bible, Jesus asked people to make significant sacrifices, leaving their life in their leaving their life and their family. Sometimes I don't understand how I can make significant sacrifices in my own life when I don't want to leave my family and I don't want to leave my spouse behind. Do you have any advice for me? Sure. Um, you know, number one, don't, I would say don't feel like just because you see that God has called someone somewhere that you're going to also be called to that same place, right? It can be a specific calling, and a specific destiny, a specific job. And number two, I would be a little concerned. Obviously, I have no idea, you know, who this person is or what their details are. But when they, when they say that they're nervous about God calling them to leave their spouse, uh, that's specifically, you know, a little bit concerning to me. I think it was uh, Matthew nineteen. You know, Jesus talked about divorce, and he wasn't encouraging it. And so I don't, I don't know what you know this question is really getting at from a leave my wife standpoint um i think that jesus is 100 percent for unity mm-hmm. and you know if if you're if you're a, a believing christian and you're married to someone that isn't i think that jesus would want unity and he would want you to be patient and he would want you to pray and mm. and continually try to connect with your spouse and i think if you know if it's a, a mixed family and you're raising stepchildren you know it can be tricky or you're trying to raise children you know with a 
uh, a past spouse or a past relationship, you know, and you're believing and they aren't, mm-hmm. that's so hard. I, you know, I can't imagine how difficult that could be, but I know that God's heart is unity. And no doubt, Pastor Josh, in my life, my ministry is at its strongest when I get to serve with my family. Mm. And uh, I would think no matter what, you know, you, you want to be praying. Yes, praying for God's will uh, and praying for His will to be done no matter what. Um, praying for boldness, praying for courage in your own life, for wisdom, you know, to listen, to hear Him, to follow Him. Um, but I think it, it sounds like in this specific scenario, maybe praying for unity kind of above all else. Mm-hmm. Unity with, you know, your spouse, unity with your family, and that you can come together under Christ and be serving together and mm-hmm. growing together. Yeah, I, I think that you're right. I think when it comes to true sacrifice, I don't think that God is inviting sacrifice to uh, take you away from your primary initial callings. And I think that what I'm kind of getting a visualization is is one of the the mantras of what is healthiest for the Christian soul, mm-hmm. particularly, let's say, in a dynamic of marriage, is that there is a pecking order of priority in your life. Number one is God. Obviously, yeah. we we know that as a priority. Anybody could probably guess that. Um, but next after God is self-care, because what good are you to your spouse and to your children right. if you haven't been willing to do what Jesus did so many times in the Bible and go off and be with his father. And that's what we mean by self-care. We're not talking about selfish care. We're talking about care of the own person's soul, knowing that I need to be filled within my personal cup so that when it comes for me to turn to my next most important priority and calling in life is that if you do have a spouse, that person is your next priority yeah. after your cup filleth, right. if you will. And then from that point for, forward, that, by the way, your, your priority, your mission, your sacrifice, what have you, um, it's, it's, it's your priority and your calling. If you said, I do already. Mm-hmm. And then from that point forward, you literally go for better or for worse. Yeah. And so many people turn the blind eye for the for worse um, when they do their I do's. But the reality is, is, is that's what's number one in priority. And mission happens further down the road. Yeah. So when it comes about sacrifice down the road, you're, you're thinking God, self-care, marriage, children, and then maybe mission right. down the road. Down right. the road. So I think that concept of a prioritized view of priority, which most people, if you're struggling in your marriage, it could be because you haven't taken the time to actually do be bold and put self-care above your marriage. Yeah. But again, please know it's not selfish care, it's self-care, you and your time with God, so that you are naturally nourished. Because one thing that happens in marriages is that when you are overwhelmed, it's a great indicator that you're undernourished. Yeah. And that undernourishment is not for going and doing something for yourself alone, separate from God, it's going to God. And that is a great, uh, you know, situation in that situation. So I would say that 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 would be a good discerning factor for me is look at that paradigm. Here's my priorities. God has laid this out for me. It's biblical. And then yes, uh, maybe sacrifice or radical obedience, if you will, does play into what did Pastor Dan say this past weekend? And how can I be challenged up? We know the oppression and the cultural shifts and the changes and the heresy that's taking place in our churches today. And not all churches, and I'm proud to say that we are one of those churches that stand firmly on the Bible and Mm -hmm. its strength and its solidarity. When we are growing, what are you going to do 
someone who just heard that message? Are you going to respond? Now that is radical obedience to say, I am going to commit to an entire weekend to a service back in the kids' room. Right. And things like that. When it could be as simple as, you know, we we prayed through the idea of what do I, what do you want me to stop doing? Right. What do you want me to start doing? And it, it, it may not be, I need you to sell your house, quit your job and, you know, move to Australia and be a missionary. It might be, I want you to give up Monday night football so you can join a community group that meets on Monday nights. Right. So I think that there's, of course, the word sacrifice covers a large uh, venue of actions and options. And I think it's so important to come under Christ's leadership, pray, listen, follow him, whether it feels like a baby step or it feels like a monster step, right? Follow him and, and go as he guides, go as he leads. That's so good. All right. Well, we've got one final last question here before we head out and it's about taking action for God. And the person wrote, Pastor Dan emphasized the importance of taking action and being obedient and following Jesus. It seems like most people that attend church these days don't really want to sacrifice for Jesus truly. Do you think that those types of people are really saved? Hmm. Um, I, I would think it's not for us to decide. Mm. Right. I don't. I don't want to try to cop out or not answer a question or avoid a question. But I think if you put yourself in the position of judging other people's salvation, that's a dangerous. It's a real dangerous place to be. Um, I think Jesus talked about that in Matthew seven, and uh, there's a verse about removing the plank from your own eye. You know, before you focus on other people. And I think, um, you know, I think it's so easy. You know, at, at my worst, let me give this example. At my very worst in my marriage, if I'm stressed and I'm tired and I'm hungry and I come home and it feels like, you know, dinner's not ready or the kitchen's a mess or something, then I might feel like, well, what did you do today? I did all this, right? Okay. I was so busy. I worked so hard and I, this is what I did for our family. What did you do? Nothing. None of this is done. And it's it's a negative experience. I'm not lifting my wife up, right? I'm, it's um, And it's a detriment to our to our evening, to our marriage, and it's it's negative, and I'm in a and I'm in a judgmental situation. Right. And when I'm at my best, it doesn't matter, you know, what I've d- been doing that day or what she's been doing. I'm not judging, you know, the work that we've put in. I'm just praying. I'm lifting her up. I'm encouraging her. And I think probably spiritually, when we're at our best, right? We're we're trying to partner with people. We're trying to lift people up, mm-hmm. and we're not gauging or focusing on where we think someone else is spiritually. Um, and and the focus is our relationship and how, how do I obey? How do I listen? And, you know, I, we have a church of almost 2,000 people, right, online and in person. I think if there's people coming to our church that aren't saved, that's great. Like yeah. I, want, I want people to come here that are messing up, right? They don't have it all figured out. They need Christ. Maybe they aren't saved yet and they're trying to get answers to their questions. Maybe you see them out and about or you know them and you know their past, and you feel like that's not a church person, but that I think that's awesome if they're coming here. I love the opportunity, you know, to to convert people to Christianity. Right? If you're not saved, come. You're welcome. And even if there's people that are coming that are saved or that would say I am a Christian, you know, but they are making mistakes weekly or they're they're not, you know, they're living hypocritically. I mean, that's my testimony, right? Isn't that that's I think so many people. I think it's all of ours, right? Like. It wasn't for me when I was stuck in hypocrisy or apathy. You know, it wasn't the judgmental gaze, you know, of the person sitting 
down the row from me that convinced me to change my life, right? It's the love of Jesus. It's the forgiveness. It's the, uh, it's being welcomed into church by people that want you to come as you are. Hmm. Um, maybe I'm misunderstanding the question a little bit. I think, you know, it can be easy um, when you feel like you've got it figured out, maybe to, to, to judge other people or where they are, or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just to want other people to commit more or to mm-hmm. live better. And I think I think there's a place for that, right? But mm-hmm. it's got to come from a heart of encouraging. And you know, I, I've I've experienced, I've encountered Jesus in ways that other people haven't, and I long to help people experience Him, experience Him in the same way. And there's lots of people that have experienced Him at much deeper levels than I have. And my hope is that they would also long for that, for me, that there wouldn't be a judgment. Well, if you committed more, you could have already experienced him in this way. I hope that makes sense. I don't mean for that to sound harsh at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, my hope is that anyone's failures, I think for us, it's meant to be encouragement. You know, let us encourage them, encourage them back to the love of Jesus, as opposed to question them. Yeah, I guess that maybe that's a long way around to get to that answer. Let's focus on encouraging them into the love of Christ. Yeah, I think you're right. I I heard a few things while you were speaking there. And I think really kind of, I think I was trying to think about this question and think about, well, what what kind of ways could we have interpreted this? And so I actually really liked the way you initially interpreted it because it was very much like what Jesus would do in the scripture where um, he would stop and he would kind of turn it on a dime mm-hmm. and put it back on you a little bit. Like, well, tell me what you think in this mm-hmm. way or, or um, take it to that next level and be like, well, you know, how's your heart? You know, mm-hmm. what is the reality is, is that if we spent our entire life's journey trying to come to Christ and be in an intimate relationship with Christ to ask him every day in that present moment, what do I need to do for you, God? Uh, how can I be better uh, for you? I think you would probably spend enough time to never be able to get to the point to be concerned with somebody else's salvation. Yeah. And so, what? but on the other flip side of this, maybe the person, I'm guessing I'm trying to kind of think sympathetically from another viewpoint, maybe the person is just more concerned about the concept of salvation. Yeah, sure. Like if, 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 in a healthy way. Right. In a healthy, maybe they're just like thinking like, well, if someone claims faith, yeah, you know, and then they actually don't act it out, are they saved? Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe this person, maybe I'm thinking it's a potential that is more theologically based. Like, and so from a theological perspective, I think the reality is, is that, you know, you will know them by their fruit. Um, however, with that being said, there's an element to the fact that, that again, it's really between you and, and Christ and right. it always has been. Right. And so, and I think that if we look in the mirror, um, for the very only good purpose that we should ever have, we should live to look into the mirror and be able to honestly say every single day, I'm not where I want to be, but I am not where I used to be. So mm. praise God for that's that. That's so good. Yeah. That's really and, you know, good. and I think that's the only thing that you can live for. Yeah. And I think that that's the only thing we can challenge someone else to do and then never be concerned with someone else's salvation. But what we can do is we can say that you will know them by their fruit mm-hmm. and that we know that this church is special with amazing people that attend and feel touched by the authentic invitation of Christ, the authentic yeah. gospel, the full invitation with great pastors, with great speaking and great community development and building. 
let's see the fruit because we know it's in you. Mm-hmm. Let's see the fruit. We are getting ready to embark on a great invitation to mm-hmm. expand our community impact by expanding to a fourth service coming up here in one and a half weeks. Right. And it's coming and it's going to be a glorious opportunity for us to all fight together as a community of believers mm-hmm. coming together to open the doors wide, to greet like we've never greeted before, to, you know, host and usher someone into a mm-hmm. parking spot like they've never been before, to give mm-hmm. them that experience in children's ministry like never before, right. and to hear an authentic message and an authentic invitation to true worship. And to do it in such a way that it's not a duty, but rather the desire of our heart yeah. that God has placed in you to go serve and serve the kingdom well. Right. It's good. It's awesome. So as we close out today, I was just curious if you had any final thoughts of any points that you wanted to talk about in mm-hmm. your sermon. If not, that's totally fine as well. Yeah, not specifically. Uh, I think maybe for the first time in my life as I was praying through and, and planning this sermon, um, it was like a 30-minute download uh, where the whole thing just came to me all at once. And it was it, like, this needs to be a series. I need to do a whole week on believing lies. I need to do a, a whole week. You know, each point could have been a whole week. And it's the information that, I, as I, you know, as I prayed through it, that I felt like was coming to me, um, you know, it was awesome. And so on one hand, there was tons, there's tons I couldn't get to. You know, on the other hand, I think it really, you know, I feel like Tom, it, Pastor Tom's a big part of it. You know, we always, uh, kind of come through my my lessons and sermons uh, before I preach and, and make sure that, you know, we're putting our best foot forward. And uh, he's so tenured and experienced. He always gives me pointers and tips on, you know, uh, points and how to phrase them and things like that. So that's a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, But then, of course, I just feel like in prayer, we were able to take it from a whole series into one sermon. Um, but probably more than anything, the believing lies part. Um, I think that is so huge. I don't think we talk about it enough. And just our inability as people so often to recognize that we're believing lies unconsciously Mm. and a lack of focus on um, shedding light and shedding truth. And I I will always say, spend time in prayer asking God, am I believing a lie? What is the truth to the lie? You know, praying, listening, and shedding light on that part of our lives is so important, even weekly, to do that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Thank you for spending time with us, and we'll continue as a community of believers. Pray over Pastor Dan. He's mm-hmm. still kind of recovering and coming out of his sickness. He's here being a trooper. Um, thank you for your heart. Thank you for signing up for the big task of uh, volunteer coordinating. Mm-hmm. And thank you for loving our children, which is really our hope of continuing the gospel moving forward. We really yeah. appreciate you. It is no light work by any stretch of the imagination, potentially, and probably most likely the hardest work here at the church. Mm. We thank you so much. And I would love for you to pray for us as we, uh, as we, yeah, here. sure. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Lord, we thank you so much for this time today to just to get to sit and chat and pray and be in your presence. Lord, we thank you for these questions. We thank you for a congregation of people that listen and care and write in. God, we just release your kingdom over these four individuals. God, we just ask for blessing over them, that they would get answers, that they would receive answers, Lord, that they would feel comfortable to reach out to us directly, call, text, email, whatever. 
I'd love to meet with them, pray with them. So happy to do that. And Lord, we just ask for blessing over everyone else that's listening. We thank you, Lord, that they're listening. God, we just ask that they be impacted, that they experience your presence, God, that they be empowered to shed truth on the lies, Lord, and to fully submit to you and experience your wonderful power and grace in your name. Amen.